Welcome back to season two of We Ship It! Yay! We are starting off our theme season with something a little bit new and different. We are going to be mm -hmm. talking Disney and animated couples this whole season. Heck yeah. And today's episode focuses on some early Disney princesses and mm -hmm. princes, of course. They're also a part of the equation. <laughs> um, so today we're going to focus on like Cinderella, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, uh, all of the classics that have been in our hearts mm -hmm. from very early on. Um, so the real question is, do we ship early Disney? Listen to find out. Listen along. everyone, I'm Steph. And I'm Devin. And welcome to We Ship It Season 2. As we mentioned earlier, Season 2 is going to be a fun-themed one. We are talking Disney and animated series the whole season long. We're going to uh, dive deep into couples such as the Disney princesses, Shrek and Fiona, Aang oh, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Aang and Katara, you name it. We will yes. be diving in. Heck yeah, I'm so excited because I grew up a Disney lover. I know I. Devin too, as you can see with his shirt. <laughs> um, and there's literally so much to talk about here. So to kick off our season, Devin and I are releasing a series of three more general episodes right. for our start. Um, we're going to be talking today about early Disney princesses. And, you know, that's Cinderella, that's Snow White, Sleeping Beauty. And then over the next two, we're going to talk about Middle Disney, what we consider like the Middle Ages of Disney. The which Middle is like, Ages. Yeah, which is like Mulan and Belle and all of that fun stuff. And then we're going to talk modern Disney princesses Correct. like Rapunzel, Moana, Moana's not on the list, is she? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, she because she doesn't have a love interest. Right. So who do we have? Rapunzel, Tiana, and who am I forgetting? <laughs> I forget who it is. Uh, oh, we talk about Merida, but she also Correct. doesn't have a love interest. But she still but... fights for her own <laughs> love. Yep. So, you know, we're going to be doing all of this... Our hope is to identify common themes and um, different motifs in the relationships that are formed in each era of Disney princesses yes. and what that means. And we're going to be doing that in a lighthearted, fun, Disney type of way. Love so it. it's going to be a lot of fun. It is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> nice accent Thanks, there. I try. Um, so we wanted to have these more general Disney princess episodes one, because there are so many. And two, because we see a trend among different eras of Disney relationships. So to start mm -hmm. off, let's talk early Disney. Today we are comparing and discussing Cinderella and Prince Charming, Sleeping Beauty and Prince Philip, and mm -hmm. Snow White and the Prince. He doesn't get a name. Yep. He just is titled The Prince. <laughs> My dude. Like, so I looked it up and technically, like, he's also Prince Charming. Oh, okay. But yeah, yeah. now they call him The Prince. That's why I put it in there that mm -hmm. way. Because there's also Prince Charming and Cinderella. And people were, like, super confused about what that sure. meant. So... But anyway, we figure most of you get the general plot of these tales, but, you know, we always want to have our little spoiler alert. Absolutely. But if you don't know the story of Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty or Snow White. What rock have you been living rock. under? <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> um, and you need to go watch them Absolutely. right now and educate yourself. 
Um, but yeah, so <clears throat> let us begin. Let's let talk us. about early princesses from the Disney eras. Mm -hmm. So our first question is, what themes do we see at play in Snow White? We're going to focus on Snow White first because that's the first Disney like princess movie to exist um, between first. her and the prince's relationship. Mm -hmm. So if any Disney movie had these old timey princess themes, Snow White is the fairest one of them all. Hey, I like that, <laughs> Devin. <laughs> so we have an evil witch, a damsel in distress, friendly creatures, dwarves, a little bit of magic, and a happily ever after. So like all those pieces together um, is like the ideal princess movie. Um, Snow yep. White is the original queen bee and she takes the cake with the classic tropes of a princess. I mean, she sets the scene for years to come. She's the first one. So when yep. looking at their relationship, mm -hmm. though, we, ha <clears throat> we have this damsel in distress um, who is treated... You stole mine! <laughs> <laughs> we have this damsel in distress who is treated poorly and ends up falling in love with a prince who sings his heart song to her. Mm. Uh, like, yes, check, we got it. We also yep. see the jealousy and the pride of the evil queen drive the two apart. Yeah. <laughs> so in my research, I found that they had a bigger plan for the prince, but because he was the hardest to animate, they left him out of the main plot and only had him take like two appearances in the whole movie. The prince? Right. Wait, did you learn that from reading yeah, something? Yeah, I did or research. You just assumed? It said like he was the hardest to animate. So they were like, well... Let's just keep them in for two That's scenes, really right? Funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, I so can't. those are some quick themes that I noticed <clears throat> at first glance. What about for you, Steph? Yeah. I mean like the same damsel in distress, blah blah blah. This trope is all over early Disney and we're going to bring it up a lot. That sort of innocent princess mm -hmm. who needs to be saved and then the prince, he comes in, you don't know much about him so much so that you don't know his freaking name. Correct. And then he comes in and he's like this gallant guy. Um it's not the most feminist view in the world, but it's also something that I don't think is outrightly as anti-feminist as a lot of people <laughs> will say. Um, I think that what's beautiful about Snow White's tale is it's kind of, she's kind of this beautiful woman, but she's also full of kindness. So that's right. not something that they leave out, which is a good thing. She, she has good qualities and characteristics as well. But she is that innocent, mm -hmm. kind of dumb princess who falls for, like, this freaking poison apple thing. Um, and the prince saves her, and it's, it's you know, it's definitely part of their relationship that for we sure. see in this early, early film. Um, we also see innocent versus evil, like you said. Uh, and we, okay, the thing that bugs me about this is the love at first sight. Mm. And we're going to talk more about that. But that is a huge early Disney thing, especially yep. here. She's just singing at a well. And we don't get much apart from like him coming up singing too. And then their songs kind of match. And it's like, okay, now we belong together forever. Like it's something. <laughs> Our heart songs match. It's almost like a happy feet a I little know. bit. <laughs> it is. Oh my gosh. Um, so we'll talk more about like what Love at First right. Sight in these earlier For stories. Sure. Um, is really if, if it's a good thing if it's a bad thing um, but I think that for the early Disney films it's the classic princess tale mm -hmm. basically alright so moving forward what are your feelings <laughs> on the prince and Snow White's relationship overall <laughs> 
honestly, there isn't much to it. Um, <laughs> what I was kind of thinking to myself, because I rewatched it the other day, because I know the story of Snow right. White, but I don't, I haven't watched it Absolutely. in a really long time. It's not one of those Disney movies that I find myself watching over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the classic prince meets young, innocent girl. My thing is, we don't get much backstory. What if they've met each other before? We just see them at the well kind of singing to each other. That's how the movie begins. For sure. And I wonder to myself if they have a backstory because it just seems like she was expecting him to come up and start Maybe. singing to her. Um, so I personally don't like, I'm not a, a shipper of their relationship. I don't find it very exciting. Um, and Snow White, we don't really know her background. Also the prince, like, we know nothing about that dude right. from this version of Snow White, at mm-hmm. least. So that I, you know, what about you, Devin? How do you feel about it? For me, I think it's just too vanilla. Um, hey, it's very plain it. and basic, <laughs> and it leaves me wanting more. Like, yeah. I'm not a fan <laughs> of vanilla ice cream. I want something on top of my vanilla ice cream. <laughs> Um, so I want more character development for not just the prince, but also Snow White. In mm-hmm. my opinion, the evil queen and the dwarves, and in some cases, maybe even the woodland creatures, have more character ve- development than the titular character. <laughs> the woodland creature. Um, I get that she's pure and all loving, <laughs> but I want to see more expression than just utter happiness. Yeah. Or in regards to her fright from the huntsman fear, um, their relationship just feels too bland for me. Yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. not a fan. Love the story. Not a fan of the development of the characters. Yeah. Have you seen uh, Snow White and the Huntsman? I've with, seen parts um, of it. Yes. The one with what's her name? She plays um, Bella in it, Twilight. Uh, oh, I actually haven't seen that one. I've seen because there's a, Kristen se- this, Stewart, there's a series of them yeah so there is that tale is very interesting mm-hmm, to me. it's for a sure. lot different than snow white disney's like putting it on a platter for yep. us but i honestly really liked that movie and i think a lot of people didn't like it because they weren't Kristen stewart fans but i thought she did great um but yeah okay moving on to our next disney early disney princess yep. cinderella obviously cinderella, we have to go there and that one kind of transitions nicely because Cinderella has one of like the most it's been adapted the most out of any of these Disney films I would say Um, so and there are lots of different versions of Cinderella Mm -hmm. that I love Mm -hmm. like a Cinderella story with Hillary freaking Duff Um, but so first question about Cinderella in Cinderella the king makes this remark in an argument with the duke love quote love blah just a boy meeting a girl under the right conditions. So we are arranging the conditions. So Devin, what are your thoughts here? And does it seem that the king is more concerned with the prince's love than himself? So first off, I love how funny this guy is about it all. I know, he's funny. Like he has no problem meddling in his son's love life. And I think it's important to note that it isn't a mother figure who's doing the meddling, but a father one. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Like, Go early Disney. That's that's huge. <laughs> yeah, that's a big deal. But with that said, I think he has a contorted view of love. Um, he doesn't see it for the beauty of what it is. He views it mm-hmm. like a math problem, where if yeah. X is here and Y is here, then it equals love. And that's not the case at all. 
Sure, the setting and such has to do with generating a spark for romance, but it's not all about the conditions. Um, in regards to who is more invested, it's definitely the king. His only reason for pushing this so hard is because he wants his son to marry so that he can have grandchildren. Um, <laughs> which is cute. It's it's nice, but the prince doesn't. But what are his reasons for wanting grandchildren? He wants a grandson, right? So he can like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. So and the prince doesn't seem to be very concerned, but just going along with his father's wishes just to please him. So he really, he's really thrown for a loop when he spots Cinderella and is taken aback. But yeah, this is definitely the king's dooming all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. What about for the, you? The king, he's more concerned with the contractual nature of marriage, right. like what you get out of it, like you said, grandkids and the, yeah, yeah, all that. He He's more concerned with what the family can get out of the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't see it as like, I find it almost responsible of a king to be worried about, like, who your son is marrying. Uh, of course, it's not romantic in itself. No. So that's something that's, like, never great and doesn't feel ideal. For sure. Um, but I understand that he's, like, concerned because he, he's the freaking leader of the land and he needs, like, to continue his lineage and right. all that. But it isn't romantic. So nope. I think he's very concerned about himself and his family. And that's where he comes from. Yeah, for sure. Which is, it's a good thought. It's just not his heart. Not romantic. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Um, So, next, are Prince Charming and Cinderella truly in love? You know, you would think if they were really in love, he'd be able to tell what she looks like rather than having to rely (laughs) on a shoe to fit. Like, but this is, you know, sort of. I hope so. (laughs) They didn't spend enough time together, in my opinion. I I think that this is a modern understanding, though, that they didn't get to know each other enough. Mm -hmm. Because literally, he's a prince. He needs to get married. Like, whatever. And at least he seems to love her. He's not just doing it because it's arranged. Um, And you know what I think is great about Prince Charming that we don't talk about enough? Is that he was not at all bothered when he found out Cinderella's, like, real history. Um, When he found out who she was, he wasn't like, oh, like that kind of sucks like what are we gonna do about that he just loved her Mm -hmm. and that was that so i'm in between like i think the prince and cinderella have something genuine that's not just i'm marrying for money or i'm marrying because you're pretty like i think there's something deeper to it but at the same time why the hell do you need to go around and try shoes on women like you should be able to tell Line them up. Your lover. Line them up. Let me see them. (laughs) Yeah. What about you, Devin? So for me, it's really hard to tell. They get one sweet romantic dance, and then the clock tower starts going off. Um, You don't truly get to see their relationship develop, like you said. And I don't know if that's just coming from this modern like we need to see that happen. We need one. We want the relationship. We want the meat of it all. But again. So if I'm looking at what we see, I'd say no. Do I think they're attracted to each other? 100%. But I can't say that just from one dance, they are in love. We don't get any real dialogue. No real reason to believe that they are truly in love. We're made to believe that they are so... And we willfully follow along with that tale. But in reality, I don't think that one moment means the end all be all love right i think love can take a moment 
but I don't believe that one moment is like, oh, yes. <laughs> you just perfect. need one moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. All right. So. Okay, moving on. Okay, so what are the characteristics? And now we're going to move into our third couple that we're talking Correct. about. What are the characteristics of Sleeping Beauty and Prince Philip, who has a freaking name this time, yeah. so that's good, um, that bring them together? So Sleeping Beauty was blessed with utter beauty and a voice of <laughs> She was gold. beautiful. Yes, obviously. Um, whose real name is Aurora. And although she oh, yeah. is raised by fairies in seclusion, she isn't as passive or helpless as she may seem at first mm -hmm. sight. Despite her innocence and apparent dependence on others' actions and opinions, she has some fight in her, which I love. But I yeah. think Prince Philip is just enraptured by her beauty and singing voice, um, mm -hmm. much like the original Prince from Snow White. He falls yep. head over heels for her before he even finds out that she is his betrothed. He certainly isn't attracted to her. Which, amazing, different kind of story. But go yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, no, on. absolutely. Um, he certainly isn't attracted to her use of words, as Aurora has only 18 speaking lines in the entire movie. Get out, <laughs> yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> Which is why, like, oh, I had no. to read it. I was like, wait, what did I just, what did I just research here? <laughs> I was like, my mind is not comprehending what I just <laughs> No. <laughs> Anyways, um, whereas the prince is simply charming, mm. and although Aurora is afraid of um, being exposed, she can't help herself by dancing with this dude. He is also brave and heroic. Not that she knows what he has to go through to make it to her and plant one on her lips, but he risks his life to be with her. He fights a witch, chops his way through a thorn force, and defeats a fire-breathing dragon. Yeah, Philip's got more substance her. to him. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I think we lack a little bit of substance in our princess in this one, which I think is yeah. a cool dynamic, but... I don't know. Cool. She's only given 18 speaking lines. <laughs> I know. I know. And, and you know, that's why she's called Sleeping Beauty is because she's beautiful. Like, I think Snow White has this purity that comes out of her. And Cinderella has, like, a kindness and, like, a ability to move on from harsh realities. Mm -hmm. And Sleeping Beauty is just sort of, like, beautiful like but that's not necessarily not like a terrible thing she's quiet you know she is reserved and she's almost like kind of afraid when he comes up to her but so i think you know she's pure she's beautiful philip is also bolder and courage more courageous mm -hmm. than the other princes we see in Agreed. this time period yes. um you know not much though and that's what we'll be comparing in our next two mm -hmm. disney episodes is the princes and also the or the princesses, but also the princes, because you see a huge change. Absolutely. Because some of them aren't even princes, I don't think, if we're no. thinking of like Flynn Rider, which interesting. Mm -hmm. But sticking on early Disney. Um, yeah. So the things that bring them together. She's beautiful. Philip's kind of like adventurous, bold, right. courageous. They just come together. Um, but yeah. 
So what do you think about Prince <laughs> Philip and Sleeping Beauty destined to be together from infancy and then actually falling in love at, later in life? What are the implications of true love here? How do you feel about that? Uh, I think it's so funny because these stories, ultimately, uh, Snow White, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, they're basically the same story over and over yeah. again. They're just like a few different details. But this one is the most different, I'd say, out of the early Disney because... Um, they were meant to be together and then they actually fall in love without mm -hmm. like thinking that they were meant to be together and in an arranged marriage situation. So the implication here is that true love and soulmates are a real thing because destiny had its hand here. Right. Um, you know, I don't know that arranged marriage ends up working out in the end always based on my modern kind of self-righteous attitude. Um, but it's kind of cool to me that they do end up actually falling in love and they were meant to fall in love, but they had no idea. Um, it's a different type of story than you see in Snow White and Cinderella. Right. Because you see how destiny destiny forced their hand almost in that way. Um, you know. It wasn't happenstance. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I actually love so. this idea too. Like they had no idea who each other was when they met in the woods, which I think was just so cool. Some lucky angel was walking. Um, I was working on oh, on overtime for these two to come yep, to come yep. together. Um, and I love that Philip went from making a disgusted face at the baby. <laughs> two years later <laughs> falling for her in all of Also, her what is their age difference? I don't know, because he was... <laughs> He was, he was like a grown kid by the time. Yeah, you know. whatever. Maybe, maybe <laughs> early Disney. Six years, Woo. seven years. That's true. It, you know, and no judgment there because yeah. whatever. But I was wondering when I saw it. I was like, okay. And and so which one is the one with the dad? That's the king, or they they're both. They're both. Kings? Yeah, they're both. Yeah. Just of different. Okay. Okay. Correct. Getting that both straight royalties. in my head. Yes. So moving on to our next question. What similarities do we see in all three of these relationships versus what differences? So similarities. Um, <laughs> first off, where can I get some woodland creatures who help hey. me do things I don't want to do? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like these girls are set. I know that the princes are destined to fall in love with them. Um because these princesses can charm animals to do their bidding with just a look and a sweet song from their lips. <laughs> they all I need some of that. <laughs> they also all have the damsel in distress who doesn't do anything for themselves. Um, they rely on those around them to rescue them or to help them out. Um, Cinderella is locked up waiting on mice and both Snow White and Aurora are asleep awaiting true love's kiss. Um, speaking of true love's kiss, this is also a similar similarity. Um, and these princesses are also all graceful and romantic dreamers. They dream of the day that their prince will find them and take them away from their troubled Swoon. lives. Yeah. So I think that's cool. But I'm also in some um, in some regards, like I feel like that's too big of a focus for them. Mm -hmm. um, differences. Snow White is the only one of these three without some supernatural force assisting her. In Cinderella, we have the fairy godmother. And in Sleeping Beauty, we have the loving three fairies, Flora, Fauna, point. and Meriwether. Mm. Um, however, Snow White does only um, have her noble, does have her noble dwarves, of course. Mm -hmm. um, 
Their familial structures also vary. In Snow White, her mother dies, and her father remarries the evil queen. In Cinderella, we have her father that passes away, leaving her with her stepmother and stepsisters. And in Sleeping Beauty, the king and queen send Aurora away to live with the fairies. So there is a variety of familial structures, but they all stem um, from a weak or lack of parentage, which I think is really interesting. Um, yep. There's not really a huge concern for these girls, and that's why they kind of get into mm-hmm. the mischief or the situations that they fall into. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think you're right. I, I really don't have anything to add. These are all love at first sight stories. Mm-hmm. They're all prince and princess stories, just generally. And there's no, like, there's no adventure in between for the couples, which that's something that I find like as that different. Growth. Yeah, like, you know, Entangled, we'll talk about this in our third episode. Her and Flynn spend time together growing because they are adventuring Mm -hmm. together. These couples don't go through that. It's sort of like a, okay, we've met, we're in love. Now, how does our love fare through whatever is coming to us? Like, it's a little bit different in that way. Um, And you kind of talked about all the differences that we see Mm -hmm. among these three couples. There aren't that many, though. And I think it's interesting to point out, like, all the similarities, like the familial structure. Um, There are works of supernatural in each one of these, even if, like, um, Snow White. Which one did you say? Was it Snow White that didn't have the supernatural influence? Correct. But she has the supernatural influence her in the opposite way. So like when her stepmother makes the poison apple or whatever and changes her appearance, you know, that's always part of the fantasy of these Mm -hmm. stories. Um, You know, they both end up asleep, like just all these little things that are very, um, you know, the reason that they were so beloved is because these are the kinds of tropes and the kinds of um, stereotypes that really make the story more interesting and keep people on their seat. And so when they were first out, I'm sure it was like, whoa, like I love this princess tale. And now they're just sort of like ingrained in us Mm -hmm. so much that I think we don't even appreciate. Yeah, I love that that we still appreciate them today, even though we have all these other Disney princesses who are different and we'll discuss that later on. But these, Mm -hmm. these core ones are still just like, so crucial to the whole construct so i think that's really cool yeah they set the stage for Mm -hmm. the other princesses whether or not they said we're going to do it differently than those original stories Mm -hmm. or we're going to do it in this similar line of thinking right um those really did set the stage for disney princesses for sure but so what were the characteristics of a fantasy relationship in this early disney era and what does that say about the time period Mm. So love at first sight was a big thing. I keep saying it. Mm-hmm. Innocence, you know, that we see in the princesses, sort of women were seen as a very like innocent flower almost mm. rather than like an imperfect but like uh, feisty kind of person that they're seen in the more modern Disney tales. Um, I also kind of think that these earlier princesses don't have too much personality. Same with the dudes. Right. I don't think that Disney in that early sense was like really concerned with the backstory too much. Um, But we do see in modern adaptations, they try to bring out a backstory like in modern adaptations of Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty or anything like that. We get more of the story behind it. And I think that's something that our modern minds kind of seek is an understanding of, well, why is this the way it is? Why are these characters the way they are? I think Disney er in early sense was trying to give people 
like an escape from their lives. You don't need to understand like the real struggle that these people are going through in or like or have gone through Just in their past. Just accept it and go with it. Right, accept it. They move on. It's a fight versus good versus evil. Like you don't have to think too much about it. Mm. Um, I love that. And that's cool. Yeah, it's interesting. But also, um, there's an element. So we talked about the element of supernatural, but I think there's also an element of natural that I think um, the the natural always points out the pure in these films. So I'm going to talk about it in the next question too. But um, it's always the pure ones that have the help of the woodland creatures or have like the the natural elements at mm-hmm. their disposal. Like even if you think about Pocahontas, that's still there. She has Mother Willow, whereas you see um, the Mother villain Willow. doesn't have... <laughs> Love that. Yeah, I know. Oh, like but whereas like the villains don't respect nature in most of Correct. these things. Like um, you'll see in Snow White, like she has the evil whatever her name is, evil godmother. She has a crow that follows her around, but she's like mm-hmm. abusive to the crow. Right. And like, it's clear that she's not the chosen That's one. And yeah, like the nature always kind of flocks to the, the naturally pure. And I think that that's what you see in each one of these films. Um, but what about you, Devin? What do you think? So as I said, like Snow White sets the primary and foundational example of a quote unquote Disney princess. Um, these three span a course of many years from 1937 to 1959 with sleeping beauty being the last um Mm -hmm. disney princess that walt himself worked on and developed that being said there's a select list of items that are used to create the fantasy relationship specific to this time period um we need three damsels because no girl could possibly save herself an evil force keeping them from their dreams which primarily um, include meeting their prince, falling in love, mm-hmm. and living happily ever after. Um, yep. And a prince charming um, who saves the day, a little splash of Disney magic, and some helpful friends to guide them on their way. Like, that's the recipe to success for these yep. films. And it works. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. It works. Um, and it worked for their time period. It left the audience mm-hmm. happy and coming back for more for years to come. So it set the stone for this is what we this is what we come to the theater and expect. Like we want this, and giving them the same thing back and forth. Like it was okay, it was okay. It's still okay. Um, even that same we have that same kind of vibe with even like the Star Wars, for example. Like there's elements of Star Wars that need to exist in a Star Wars film for the audience to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so same thing here. There has to be the same elements of a Disney princess film for an audience to appreciate it. And these are the core sets. Yep. I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay, next question more generally about early Disney techniques. Uh-huh. Um, of these earlier Disney classics, what are some of your favorite storytelling or animation techniques that are demonstrated throughout? Ah. One of my favorites that I didn't realize until rewatching them is their classic book cover introductions. I love um, that. <laughs> Snow White is the only one where there is no narrator and the audience has to read from the pages, but the other two have narrators that introduce you to the story before you get started. Some might even compare them to the rolling credits before a Star Wars movie. Um, I just right. love the story-esque technique and I think it adds, it builds character, it adds character to the film. Mm-hmm. Um, another of my favorite animation techniques they used in this film, in these films, 
is their use of stop motion backdrops. I don't know what the right terminology is, so just go with it. <laughs> but, <laughs> just accept right. it. Devin's a um, professional. While still having their main ent- entertainment moving on the screen, while I love the beautiful animation of today and how they bring the world to life, I also love the simplicity of one setting and animating certain pieces of it to add life. Um, I know there's a scene, I think it's when... Um, in Snow White, when the huntsman is like um, getting ready to kill her, and we, you just there's that one scene. You just get that one setting, and all the action happens within that setting. I think that's really cool. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I think it's it was cool definitely too. a really cool animation technique that they used. Yeah, uh, I think so. What I was kind of saying before that I really love is the use of nature and Mm -hmm. like its indicative purposes, like uh, the animated animals that pick. They only want to be around the pure and innocent. Like I said, they have more character than some of the princesses. (laughs) They know. I'm telling you. Um, And they're all sort of portrayed as these innocent characters because they respect those who are innocent you know the trees the animals the ones who you know can't protect themselves and Mm -hmm. the animals sort of return that respect in these films which we don't really see in real life no but it is one of those fairy tale storytelling pieces it just makes you feel like oh she's clearly the good person because she's got animals following Mm -hmm. her around um Another thing that I don't love but I find funny is that the men often don't have too much backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, so the stories are framed around the princesses and the men are sometimes close to silent throughout the films, although we did talk about how Sleeping Beauty has like a little bit less than the average princess. Um, but that's the interesting thing considering you know they are often the protectors in, in these tales. That is their only sort of that's their only job and they they don't have any backstory or anything to say like prince charming in particular i don't think has much to him Mm -hmm. um and that's something i don't love i think that i think that in modern adaptations you get a better and we've talked about backstory before i think you get a better backstory in a lot of the modern stuff that we're reading um but yeah so moving forward what is the driving force in these selected films is it love or is it something else uh, no, I think the love is secondary, mm-hmm. really. Um, I mean, like, most people, th- when they think about Disney princesses, they kind of think about the the relationship aspect to it, the prince and the princess. But I don't think that's what the story was innately about. I think that these stories are innately about good versus evil. And the good versus evil thing is what Disney really pushes out there. Right. And I think that in the end, the love is what the good gets as a reward in the end it's not like oh this is how a relationship goes especially with early disney Mm -hmm. these are not tales about two lovers getting to know each other and um, learning to love each other they're stories that are this is the innocent and pure this is the evil good always prevails and then when good prevails they get rewarded with love um so that's sort of what i see happening there so i think the driving force is the good versus evil trope cool um what about you Devin? nice so i i also don't think love is the main driving force in these films at the start however the girls dreams do change once they meet mm-hmm. their prince so for example That's cinderella's true. dream was not to go to the ball and meet the prince she was she merely wanted to go to the ball 
Yet once she met him, her dreams kind of changed and she wanted to return to be with him. In the same way, Aurora's dream was not to meet her prince, but to experience a real life. However, once she met Prince, when she met Philip, that all changed. Um, Mm -hmm. The main driving force in many of these is pure jealousy jealousy in the way that others treat the princess Um, jealousy and pride get the story in motion where love will eventually come in that's true jealousy has a huge part in a lot of these films Mm -hmm. um but our last question absolutely as always do we ship it meaning early disney princesses in general and which of these royal couples comes out on top so while I don't ship the structure of these relationships. I can't help <laughs> but ship the movies. Without these, yes. we wouldn't have some of the glitz and glamour of our Disney princesses today. While That's these true. relationships are basic and vanilla, you also yep. need to appreciate the simplicity and the beauty in simplicity. Yep, yep, yep. For me, my favorite out of yep. this grouping would have to be Cinderella, as it's such a classic, and yeah. there are so many renditions of it, and you can also find renditions across cultures like i love that i remember when we were younger and we uh i don't remember what um what grade it was in but we had just a cinderella day where they gave us different cultural renditions of cinderella i just love that that's a common story throughout the globe like everyone in the globe knows some everyone knows it cinderella story yeah i love and so the original tale is ashenputtel from the i don't know if it's german but i think it is and it's more of one of those grimm's fairy tales Mm -hmm. sort of spooky tales at first um but i agree cinderella is my number one like you said i totally agree i don't love the structure of early disney princesses but I think that the the stereotypical like love at first sight thing is kind of a fun dream to have mm-hmm. and I think these are really magical movies even though they're not of the best animation quality that we have now like I still think they those movies will last forever for sure um, and I do love the idea that good will always win that's something that I think Disney was really one of the first to continuously have as a theme throughout all of what they make like just the good versus evil and I in Cinderella you see that a lot and you see her able to really make a change in her life mm-hmm. whereas the other two princesses kind of just fall into whatever circumstances Absolutely. they're in um, but yeah, so basically we agree. <laughs> <laughs> so, and with that, um, you get to see how we stand on the yeah. early Disney princesses. So now we're going to take it back to one of our favorite segments, if you will, um, where we get to hear from you, our viewers. And mm-hmm. this first one comes from Steve and he also comments on Cinderella. What can you do? So courage and kindness are the two virtues that Cinderella's dying mother left her as a legacy. Life was not kind to her. A stepmother and two stepsisters, her beloved father's death, and the seemingly inescapable role of a servant girl. To remain courageous in the midst of doom and gloom, along with unkind and cruel treatment, brought Cinderella to a breaking point. But with a little fairy godmother magic, her courage and kindness overcame the cruelty of life, and she became the queen who would carry on her mother's legacy as the most courageous and kind queen ever. 
Good overcomes evil. A humble servant rises to the highest <clears throat> role of queen. A life broken is redeemed. Restore to its former glory when her mother and father were alive. The true character of each is revealed and justice is served. What more could you ask for? <laughs> I love that. That's the best I like, love question. It. What more could you ask for Absolutely. than these just traditional tales? Um, but so as Cinderella is such a hot topic mm-hmm. in our second comment, we also hear about Cinderella thoughts. Um, so here is the comment from Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. Absolutely. Number one, specifically about the Cinderella movie that came out a few years ago, the costumers should not have squeezed her waist that small. (laughs) (laughs) The effects shouldn't shouldn't have digitally shrunk her. That must have given young women and girls around the world complexes uh, about their own weight and what the and what constitutes pretty. This is unrelated, she says, but I think that's an important point to bring up. Number two. Cinderella is a classic fairy tale, so you hate to destroy it, but as Elsa says, you can't marry a man you just met. Mm. You're just spitting truth today, Jessica. Number three, I find it hard to believe that in the whole kingdom, only Cinderella was that (laughs) shoe size. (laughs) She looks like what? A seven, seven and a half. Shoe sizes aren't that unique. There have to be at least, there, there would have to be at least one other girl. Number four, they didn't talk enough to be in love. Agree with that. Reminds me of Dale and Claire on The Bachelorette. Bachelorette references. Heck yeah. Uh, Five, I'm glad Cinderella got out of her toxic family environment, but I just wonder um, if she would have if she would have trouble adjusting socially after mostly talking to mice for years. (laughs) (laughs) Like she doesn't have human friends. Um, and then number six there are so many versions of rewrites of Cinderella but my favorite will always be the Hillary Duff one no contest I'm telling you Devin it's the best one I know and there there is the Um, Selena Gomez one too that I kind of enjoy but yeah there's that Um, and you know we we do hear about Cinderella a lot that's that's probably the most famous even though Snow White was the first film to be made I think that Cinderella is the most famous and the most like well loved Mm -hmm. Um, and I think among the early Disney couples it kind of like sets the tone for what you know those things stand for but so you know that whole they barely know each other it it really does make me think about the whole love at first sight idea Mm -hmm. again so thank you jessica for your comment um we appreciate hearing from all of you yes thank you guys for sending in those comments and with that we end our episode thank you all so much for listening and for following us through the first season and into the second season whether you are listening to us on your favorite podcast streaming service or on our YouTube page, thank you. Also, while you're there, hit subscribe and leave a comment. We'd love to chat with you. Yes, we are so excited to bring back We Ship It in bigger and better ways. Devin and I have been talking a lot about Mm -hmm. how we can improve and we're going to be unleashing a number of announcements that are coming soon. Um, So follow us. Follow us. Follow (laughs) us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on our website at www.weshipit.wixsite.com slash we ship it. Yep. And feel free to email us anytime at we ship it podcast at gmail.com or reach out over social media thank you guys see you next time love bugs you are all our dream the wish that our heart makes love it adios amigos